Welcome back to another edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. Uh, it is conference preview season, so we brought a special guest uh, on from the ACC BR. It is Michael Hunter. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, this is the first time I've, well, not the first time I've been on the podcast, but the first time I've been on with both you and Sean. Yeah. Uh, yep, so for sure. Michael says he has a cold. Uh, we'll take him as ward. So we'll try to go somewhat quickly here. Uh, also, because the Zoom meeting only lasts uh, 40 minutes. So let's dive right in. Uh, we did like a, I did a unanimous straw poll. I did my rankings first to make sure I didn't get influenced by either of yours. But we came out with the same team on top, all three of us, Virginia. Uh, the Cavaliers are the team concerned to be the team to beat in preseason. Uh, we'll start with Michael. What do you like about the Cavaliers? Uh, for me, the, the day that, that Jay Huff decided he was going to, um, you know, skip the NBA and come back for his senior season was the day that I picked Virginia to win the ACC, even though some may contest that that's not a thing as far as winning the ACC. I, the ACC regular season title for me is a thing. People hang banners for it. So, um, I think Virginia is the team to beat right now. You know, I think Kia Clark is one of the better defenders in the backcourt in, the, in uh, the ACC. I think Jay Huff is taking huge strides, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, from year two to year three, I think you're going to see that trajectory continue to, to, to move forward as he kind of takes over s some touches from, you know, Mamadi Diakite. I also think Casey Morsell can't possibly play worse than he did last season. He's a super talented kid with a really pretty jump shot. I think he's going to be, you know, a, a real, at least a lot better than he was last year. I think Wolda Tensai um, is going to give them more after he's been acclimated in the ACC. And, and you know, Jabri Abdur-Rahim, you know, he's got the uh, the lineage. He's, he's got the pedigree. He's a really good player. He was born to be a Virginia player. I think we all know that Virginia freshmen don't typically – um, produce on a high level, but this kid's six seven, super talented, fits in this lineup really well, really athletic. Um, I really look forward to watching him play as well. Yeah, definitely. I uh, agree with all that there. Jay Huff, as everyone that's listening to this knows, is my uh, – I mean, I guess we'll get into this later, but my ACC player of the year. He's a fantastic player, seven one, elite defender, good scorer, can shoot. Kihei Clark, you know – He's all right. I like him. A little inconsistent at times. But then Tomas uh, to Tensai, really good shooter. And then you can't forget Sam Hauser, the transfer from Marquette. Uh, shot 40% from three all three seasons at Marquette. That's going to be something that Virginia definitely needs at, as they were missing it last season. Yeah, and you back off the Sam Hauser point. I think personally – I think Virginia is just going to kind of roll through the ACC because I'm not really, you know, sure there's a team that, you know, I think Duke has the talent to be, but we see how that goes in the regular season oftentimes. I think, honestly, Virginia can just roll in the ACC regular season, but for them to potentially, you know, I guess sort of repeat as uh, national champions, I think it's going to be up to, uh, having Sam Hauser be at the kind of scoring level that you saw of DeAndre Hunter. I think Clark's going to be solid. He's going to probably average around like, you know, 11 points, uh, six or seven assists a game, uh, be a solid defender. 
we know what we're getting out of Jay Huff. It's potential triple doubles, not huge statistics, but Sam Hauser, uh, and then obviously Casey Morsell, Jabri Abdur Rahim. If one of those two players can be just to, you know, make the starting five really solid, I think this is a Virginia team that can win it all. But if Sam Hauser is unable to kind of be that elite scorer, uh, that's where I would have my questions with Virginia making maybe a final four championship game. Yeah. And I, you know, another thing is up to this point, Cody Statlin has, has a, uh, a profile as a really high level score. We haven't seen it yet. He's just kind of been a volume shooter so far. If he can give them some kind of, some kind of consistency from distance off the bench, that's going to go a long way for them this year. Yeah. Moving forward, uh, team number two was the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, this is, the, I think, maybe the most talented, probably the most talented team, uh, at least roster-wise. They have some really good freshmen. They have some good returners, Wendell Moore, Matthew Hurt. Uh, the freshman, Jalen Johnson, is going to be a stud. Uh, so this is obviously a loaded Duke team. Uh, I'll start with Sean here. Uh, what do you like about the Blue Devils and – I think you ranked them either two or three in the ACC rankings. So what, what's your thoughts on the Blue Devils this year? Yeah, I had Duke number two. It was uh, back and forth in my head between them and Louisville. But like you said, the freshmen, there's a lot to like. There are Jalen Johnson. He's going to be a star and probably one of the best freshmen in the country, not named Cade Cunningham or Namari Burnett probably. And then you look at Mark Williams is a guy I like a lot. We have a lot of questions in the with the big men on that team in the front court because they're losing a lot of guys. They're losing Vernon Carey. They're losing Javin Delorier, who's a guy that could eat up minutes. They do have Patrick Tappé, a transfer from Columbia. But Mark Williams is a big guy, a really good defender. It's if he can get those easy baskets at the rim to where he could be a really good player. But I just really like all the young depth coming in. And then you have Matthew Hurt also coming back Wendell Moore who I'm high on or elite defender who it had he not been hurt last season I think would have shot better only 40 percent from the field and 21 percent from deep I think that'll improve and he'll be a first or second team all ACC guy this year yeah I'm I'm not as high on on Mark Williams as Sean is um you know watching some some you know what video is available of some of these guys I'm higher on Jamin Brigfield um, than I am Mark Williams. I, I think Williams is a little bit skinny. I think he's going to be, you know, kind of a putback guy, maybe similar to what Jay Huff kind of gave Virginia um, before he broke out last year. Um, in Brigfield, I, I, I think maybe I get a little bit more geeked up with the the combination of having Brigfield and Johnson on the floor at the same time is is ridiculous to me. And then maybe if you're playing Matthew Hurd at the three, I mean, that's basically three, six, ten guys, and they can all kind of handle the ball and play all over the court. Breakfield, not as much of a three-point shooter as the other two. But, I mean, that's a tremendous amount of height, talent, um, you know, perimeter ability uh, of guys that, you know, kind of fit that hybrid four type type position. Um, I, I think DJ Stewart is going to – surprise a lot of people with his ability to score. Um, I liken him to kind of the Gary Trent Jr. type player um, that, that was there a few years ago that was was kind of the steady hand um, for that Duke that Duke team that year. Um, Jeremy Roach's knee is is a concern for me. He's had problems as a prep. 
um, with some some devastating knee injuries, but he, he looked very good his senior year. Uh, you know, and then again, I'm not as big on Wendell Moore. I've said it on my podcast multiple times. I, I've had that discussion with Sean on ACCBR before. Um, just not a guy that really moves the needle for me. And I'm, I'm interested to see how Coach K continues to not use Joey Baker, I guess, um, who's kind of out there, who's has the reputation as an elite shooter, but never really sees the court. So I, I agree with, with uh, J-Dub that this is an incredibly talented team. I didn't have them number two. I had somebody else at number two. But, um, you know, they could finish one or they could finish, you know, four or five. Well, it's almost a guarantee they won't finish one, at least in the regular season standings. I, I think personally uh, the, the key to Duke and living up to their ceiling is going to be Jalen Johnson uh, because really I think he's the only guy that I can point to and be, say like he's going to go out and average you know, 15, 16, 17 points per game. Like Wendell Moore, you mentioned he's a really solid player. He's a good defender, but he's kind of limited offensively. He can't really shoot. He's not a good ball handler, so he's kind of limited at at least offensively. Jeremy Roach, you know, we'll see what he can kind of do as a freshman. You make the G.J. Stewart to Gary Trent comparison, like that's a good player, but it's not, you know, Gary Trent was kind of the fourth scorer on that Duke team, uh, really in kind of the fourth score with uh, Grayson Allen, Marvin Bagley, and Wendell Carter being the – one, two, and three options. Uh, Matthew Hurd also needs to take a big step forward. I think for Duke to kind of live up to the ceiling, they'll need Matthew Hurd to take a huge step forward, and then they need Jalen Johnson to be a stud. Yeah, absolutely. I agree there. And then with what Michael said about Joey Baker, I agree. I think he needs to get more minutes. Obviously, they're planning to redshirt him his true freshman season, and when Zion got hurt, they just burned it. But I think he's a good player that needs to see some minutes. I think we can all agree on that. One team we cannot all agree on is Louisville. Uh, this was a team that was fluctuated anywhere from two to, I think, six. Michael, you ended up having them, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, wow. I would have to check that to make sure. But It's either five or six. Yeah. But uh, – at least me personally, I think I had them number two ahead of Duke uh, <clears throat> in mind. I just think it's the David Johnson show. Prepare for it. He's going to average. I think he's going to have a huge breakout season uh, and average anywhere close to, I think, about 15 points, seven assists is why I'm kind of expecting a huge breakout year. Uh, obviously, he played really well at, at times last season. He's really good, you know, high IQ player, can make some, you know, incredible passes, has good floor game, uh, and can be a gifted scorer as well. I think he is going to take a huge step forward, and they really need it as well. Yeah, I, I, I like David Johnson. Like, I know you guys really like to give me a lot of grief for not liking David Johnson, but I like David Johnson and give him a lot more credit than Sean likes Kia Clark. So, I mean, I get a lot of hate for, for DJ, uh, David Johnson, but Sean doesn't get as much hate for Kia Clark, which I don't really understand. I think the kid is super athletic. I think he's an absolute pro. Um, his, his size, wingspan, everything says yes to me until you look at his actual numbers. I mean, yes, he, he may have suffered a, a shoulder injury last year, but 
you know, six points, what, three assists, and three rebounds, four rebounds, something like that a game. He had one fantastic game in Cameron against Duke where Louisville got the win. But other than that, he was very inconsistent and mediocre throughout the course of the season. I, I think he has some growing to do. Um, I just, you know, I have him, I think, third team um, ACC this year. Uh, you know, and then he's a, he's a first team all ACC, all American potential player of the year candidate in his junior and senior seasons. I just think that, you know, the consistency concerns me, the ability to shoot concerns me. But um, I think Samuel Williamson and he both make strides this year and Louisville will be fine. They'll be a tournament team. Yeah, I don't think there is going to be a junior or senior season for David Johnson. I think he'll probably be a lottery pick after this year because he's going to have a fantastic year, an elite athlete, and you're right about his shooting. It is an issue. He's a terrible shooter. But if he could get to, like, 75% from the line and 30% from deep, that that's enough improvement for one season from, what, 65 and 21. That you know, Just improve a little bit. But the way he moves, the way he gets to the basket, his passing ability is great. He's a really good defender. There's just so much to like there with David Johnson. And then you look at some of the other players on the team. You mentioned Samuel Williamson, a former McDonald's All-American. Last season wasn't great, but behind Jordan War and Dwayne Sutton, it probably wasn't going to be. But when he got minutes, he was pretty good. He's a 3 and D guy. I think that just he's going to get the opportunity this season, so he should be fine. And then they add two really key transfers in Carly Jones from Radford, who had 20 a game last season while being a really efficient player for a good team, the number one team in the Big South. And then Charles Minland from San Francisco, who will also play a big role this season. Yeah, and one thing I really like about Louisville is Johnson, the one area where he's not really good at is scoring well or shooting. Well, they bring in Samuel Samuel Williamson's obviously returning. He has a good, you know, stroke. He can make threes, I think. Uh, Carlick Jones, Charles Menlin can both hit shots. So you spread the court around him, kind of play the three shooters around him. I think that's where David Johnson would really excel. And I think Chris Mack's going to try to at least push the tempo a little bit, uh, get him playing where he does best, playing like in the uh, open court. And I, I, that's where I kind of see – I think the pieces are around him as well to have a really good season, uh, especially with those transfer additions. Moving on here, our number four team. Uh, this ended up being a tie between Louisville and North Carolina. So fourth team we're going to talk about, North Carolina. Uh, the Tar Heels, they were terrible last season. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but they returned Garrison Brooks. They return Armando Baycott, uh, and then they add in this freshman, Caleb Love, who I think is going to be a really good, impactful guard, really good, high IQ player. So this is a team I think is going to have a huge rebound year. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Uh, I think they'll have a rebound season for sure. Last season, obviously, Cole Anthony was hurt and inconsistent most of the season when healthy. And then you had transfers like Justin Pierce and Christian Keeling not really do much. This season, the issue, they have a surplus of big men with Garrison Brooks and Armando Baycott alongside freshmen, Aaron Sharp and Walker Kessler. And, uh, you know, the guard play could be an issue, honestly. You have Caleb Love, who's really good. I know Michael's big on R.J. Davis, 
But then you have guys like Kerwin Walton. Like, what are you going to get out of him? He's known as a shooter, I believe. But, you know, what can you actually get out of him? I think Puff Johnson, the brother of Cam Johnson, is going to be the biggest key on this team, though. He's an elite shooter just like his brother, and that's something this team's going to need direly. Yeah, I think, you know, when we're talking about guard play, I think one thing that I'm really looking forward to that I, that I put on one of the posts on ACCBR is the return of Anthony Harris. Um, I, I think his his play could be huge this year if he if he comes all the way back. Um, he only played five games last year, but you know it was a steady hand. I think people forget how good he really was in those five games. Granted, it was in the out of conference; the competition wasn't great, but he did what he did. Um, I think it's addition by subtraction for Cole Anthony as far as him going pro. Um, Anthony, I don't know if he had a whole lot of interest in being there. Um, was just basically showing out for. For NBA scouts, you, you know, the, he's a he's a classic reason why there should be uh, a straight to straight to the NBA decision available. Um, I don't think you're going to see a ton of Walker Kessler uh, over the course of the season. I think he's a two or three year player. Though he is kind of a unicorn with his game, who is very similar to to kind of Jay Huff. But uh, I think the three headed monster, Garrison Brooks, Armando Baycott, and incoming freshman Dayron Sharp, is going to be massive. It's going to remind us a lot of, I believe, um, the year when they had Bryce Johnson, Kennedy Meeks, and Isaiah Hicks, um, the year they went to the championship game and lost is, is kind of what I liken that to. I do agree with Sean. Puff Johnson's going to be a big time player for them. Um, I really like him. He's kind of flying under the radar. And uh, I actually have I have the Tar Heels finishing second in the league this year. Yeah, I, I like this North Carolina team to rebound. Uh, I don't like the idea of Garrison Brooks playing the three. I think no. you discussed it on the – I think when Sean came on ACCBR, uh, you both discussed it and were uh, outwardly uh, opposed <laughs> to this potential, which is just idiotic at its finest. But I think Brooks, Baycott, uh, Sharp, just rotate them, I guess, would be – a way to go. Uh, honestly, you could redshirt Walker Kessler because you, at this point you don't really need him for this upcoming season. And I think Sharp, Baycott, and Brooks are all better than Walker Kessler. But the key is going to be backcourt. What do we get out of Caleb Love if he's able to be like that potential you know, lottery pick upside level player? Then I think North Carolina is in a great position to have you know, a big bounce back season where they're potentially like a top 15, top 10 level team. But if Caleb loves has some struggles similar to, I guess, Cole Anthony last season, if he has some growing pains, that's where there becomes an issue because this isn't really a deep, you know, guard rotation, leaky black. I was kind of expecting to take a huge step forward. He didn't really last year. Uh, Puff Johnson, he, He's a good prospect. I think he'll be a good player, but what can you expect out of a kind of somewhat under the radar freshman and then Anthony Harris come out of injury? We don't know what we'll get out of that. If North Carolina can answer those question marks, though, in the back court, uh, they have the front court to compete with basically anyone. I would take – if you, you're telling me I can take a – one front court versus any other front court in the country, North Carolina has the best one. Oh, definitely. I agree. Michael, it's time to talk about Georgia Tech because they're fifth in the uh, rankings that we did. 
they return a lot of pieces from a team that was really good in ACC play, you know, had a solid season. Why is this the year for Josh Pastner? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I know why it should be the year that, you know, it should be the year because they have probably one of the top two or three backcourts in the ACC. Um, because I'm a fan, I would say they have the best backcourt in the ACC. Um, that being Jose Alvarado and Mike DeVoe. Um, DeVoe, obviously the sniper, the lefty, kind of a crafty player. Uh, Alvarado is kind of a gritty, uh, in-your-face, loudmouth senior leader, which, you know, we obviously love as, as Georgia Tech fans. Um, the biggest question I have with these guys this year is, is the center position. I'm not really sure where you go. Um, my biggest concern is, is they're, they're thin. Um, I think you're going to probably see a starting five of, of Alvarado, um, DeVoe, uh, Jordan Usher, Clidmore, and Moses Wright at the five. But after that, it gets pretty shaky pretty fast outside of Bubba Parham, who, you know, had a little bit of an issue getting acclimated to uh, the ACC after coming up from the SOCON. Um, and, you know, that didn't go extremely well for him. Everybody remembers the the 40-point game against – or 39-point game against Kentucky um, and, and expected him to kind of replicate that on a consistent basis for whatever reason, but that didn't happen. So um, I, I like Georgia Tech. I think it, they make the tournament this year. Um, and uh, I, I just worry about their depth. And I, I sometimes worry about Pastner's kind of decision-making and substitution patterns. But I think this team is really talented. They're an older team, and uh, they've got a sort of grit and attitude to them, especially when you're talking about Usher and Alvarado. And we'll see how it all comes together. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I like this Georgia Tech team a lot. Mike DeVoe, crafty scorer, one of the best in the country, in my opinion, shooting over 40% from three last year. He's just a hard guy to defend with how how good his moves are as a lefty shooter. There's a lot to like there. And Jose Alvarado, really good playmaker, really good passer, good defender, and, you know, kind of a streaky shooter. You saw at times in the uh, Diamond Head Classic, I believe, he had a really good game. I couldn't tell you against what team, but I remember he had a really good game, hit like five or six threes. If he could do that on a somewhat consistent basis, this might not only be one of the best backcourts in the ACC, but in the country. And then you mentioned Bubba Parham. I do think he has a better season than he did last year. Uh, he had 20 points a game a few years ago for VMI. Obviously, he, big jump in competition, but if he could just be a little more efficient, I think that would be huge. And then Jordan Usher, you there's just he's a guy that has all the physical traits to be a really good player. He's just never done it in college, whether it was for USC or for Georgia Tech. He's just never showed much. He defensively he's a question at times and then offensively he's super inefficient I just I don't love the player there I'd like to see a lot more progression and then Moses Wright he's as steady as they come at the uh as a big guy yeah look looking at this Georgia Tech team I think the keys obviously DeVoe and Alvarado have to be you know fantastic DeVoe's just a fantastic three-point shooter shot 42 percent last season uh, Alvarado's a good three-point shooter is himself uh, dropped off a little bit 33 percent last season but he's a really good decision maker with those two guys you're you trust what you're going to get out of the backcourt but is Moses right can he kind of become like last year he was playing alongside James Banks uh, a lot of minutes so they 
they were solid together and Wright didn't really have to be the true five man at times because James Banks was there. How does he adjust to being kind of forced to be the true five man? How does Moore and uh, Usher kind of adjust to being kind of forced to play both the three and the four? So I think it backcourt wise, you know what you're going to get. DeVoe and Alvarado are fantastic, but it's going to be what can Moses Wright do? What can Jordan Usher, uh, what can Khalid Moore do? And if they can help contribute, if they can be, you know, take that kind of next step and be, you know, solid at least defensively and offensively for this team, that's where Georgia Tech can go from being uh, a team that finishes fifth in the ACC to maybe a team that gets a five seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, this definitely should be the season for uh, Josh Pastor to make the tournament. Moving yeah, if on. It's, if it's not, it's maybe time to make a move. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of making a move, uh, a team that made a move to the top of the standings, Florida State, uh, they're making, I guess, a move down our projected standings. Uh, we had them projected fifth, but uh, right, right now I think that, key with this team is obviously Sky Barnes is a stud. He'll be really good as a freshman, but what can they kind of do with MJ Walker? Are they, are we going to get the good MJ Walker? Or are we going to get the bad MJ Walker? Can Sadar Calhoun, if can he step up in and fill the Devin Vassell role? Uh, there's some question marks, but Florida State will once again be really deep uh, and it'll be, you know, a question of, yeah, I think the ceiling is somewhat limited, but if Sky Barnes can be a stud, if those kind of questions can be answered, uh, that would be big for the Seminoles. Yeah, yeah think, De- oh, but, you go ahead. Good. Okay, so mo- most oftentimes you see Florida State not have their leading score for more than like 13, 14 points a game. They like to spread it around, but this season that changes. Scotty Barnes probably averages 20 a game. He's just such a fantastic player, really strong uh, from 17 feet and less. He's lethal. And then you mentioned MJ Walker, really good shooter, but that's about what he'll provide. He's not much of a scorer outside of shooting. But also Koprovica was a big-time recruit before he – I believe he dealt with injuries in his senior season of high school before going to Florida State. So that kind of dropped him off the radar. He's a really big guy who will play a big role this season. And Sadar Calhoun will need to step into a big role as a wing guy, not the third-ranked Juco prospect this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd love – I I say that I love Sardar Calhoun, but I think it's more of I want to love Sardar Calhoun. Um, from what I've seen on tape, his stats, just the numbers he puts out, the way he shoots the basketball, makes me very excited to see him play at the ACC level. Um, MJ Walker, I think we might be giving a little bit too much credit for because, or credit to, because I, I think the guy we really need to look out for that we haven't mentioned is Anthony Polite. I think that he is due to take a huge step forward for the Seminoles this year. Uh, he's a lefty that can really shoot it. He really gets after it defensively, uh, kind of shoots the gaps, creates easy buckets for them. I, I think you guys nailed it right on the head. I think Scotty Barnes is the best freshman in the ACC this year. I think he's an 18 to 20 point scorer. He's going to handle the ball at the point guard position for them. I would say probably more than anybody else on this roster. MJ Walker is going to be relegated to a, a spot up three guy in the corner, I think. 
Um, you know, where, where I kind of fall apart on this team is in the front court. I'm not a big Balsa Caprivica fan. Um, I do like Raekwon Gray. I do like Malik Osborne to an extent, though he's obviously limited. I just – I don't know what you're going to get out of these guys. This is a, a, a classic Leonard Hamilton Florida State team in the fact that you have a bunch of big wings that are really super talented, and then you got a few seven-foot guys that can guard the rim, uh, one of them being Naheem McLeod who's a Juco guy. Um, and I just – but I just don't know if the talent is quite there outside of Barnes. Like I said, I expect – polite to take a step forward but he's he's not he's not going to wow you anything he's certainly not going to be like a 16 17 point per guy he's going to be a 12 or 13 point per guy so um you know that's why i have them so low i think they're going to be good i think they're probably a tournament team i think scotty barnes is going to be on sports center every night but um i think this their ceiling is very low but their floor is pretty high yeah i kind of the question i really have is just mj walker right we yeah. see we see him have these like I think against Louisville he had like twenty seven points or something when they won on went on the road and won at Louisville like he can he can have those type of games, but then he has these game like Georgia Tech in mid February he'll show up and score one point on <laughs> one of two shooting and one of two shooting at the line and uh, zero of four shooting from the floor like. You just don't know what you're going to get out of MJ Walker on a given night. Uh, Sardar Calhoun really, I think, kind of needs to be a double-digit level scorer on a consistent basis if this team's going to have success. Because, And then Polite's got to take a step forward as well, be kind of a consistent scorer as well. But the front court is what the front court is. Malik Osborne's a solid player. Raekwon Gray's a solid player. Uh, Kaprivica, we'll kind of see, but he – he can be a solid piece, but none of those guys are going to be asked to really be elite level scorers. It's going to be, what can you get out of the backcourt besides Sky Barnes? Cause if it's just Sky Barnes scoring and uh, you're relying on Sky Barnes and then Raekwon Gray and Balsa Kapervica and uh, Malik Osborne to just out athletic and out rebound teams, you're that's when Florida state gets in trouble. But if, MJ Walker can be the 27 point per a game player against Louisville, maybe just be a 15 or 14 point per game on every given night level player. Uh, that would be perfectly fine. Uh, if Calhoun can step in and be that kind of shooter, uh, just be like a 40% shooter from the arc and kind of someone they can count on uh, and polite can say, take a step forward that's where Florida State can be uh, a top 25 level team but even then I still think Florida State's a tournament team going into the season yeah definitely and one last point for me is that the one of the bigger questions I have is they don't have much in the way of true point guard depth you look at Raekwon Evans is really the only guy I feel like that has played point guard and he did uh, he was listed as a combo guard coming into Florida State didn't play much last season, only three points a game, but I think he's going to end up starting for this team probably. But he didn't shoot many shots, but he did shoot 41% from deep on about 30 attempts. So, Moving on, uh, one team that doesn't really have a lot of questions shooting-wise uh, going into the season. It rarely, uh, considering this team ever has shooting, it's the Syracuse Orange. Uh, they have the three-point barrage of Buddy Bayheim. Uh, Joe Girard, 
uh, and now Alan Griffin. Marek Dolage is now hitting threes in practice uh, because that, that's definitely sustainable. Uh, I've heard Buroma Sadibe is now making uh, half quarters on a consistent basis, so anything can happen. But three elite shooters with Beheim, Gerard, and Alan Griffin. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about Marek Dolage shooting threes. Um, uh, until you can do it, uh, until you can do it in a game in a consistent bit. You know, North Carolina fans are sending me videos of Garrison Brooks hitting threes in practice too. But until you can step out and do it in a game, I don't want to hear about it. Um, I, I I like this team. I think more than, or maybe a little bit less than most, but I still like them. I think they're a tournament team. Um, Gerard Behan Griffin are probably the best trio of shooters in the ACC, if not on the East Coast. Um, I think Quincy Guerrier is going to be kind of a, a, a bust-out player at the four spot. And, you know, Dolajai at this point is what he is. He's kind of a small forward that plays the five. Um, Sidibe is going to block some shots in the middle of that, of that zone. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of, out of this Kadari Richmond, um, Woody Newton, and, and uh, Jesse Edwards. Kind of that group of players, I think somebody out of that group – has to kind of take a step forward um, and, and become something for this team to be special. Yeah, I agree. I like, and uh, as you guys mentioned, the trio of shooters with Gerard, uh, Griffin, and Buddy Beheim. Not only do I think it's the best in the ACC, not only do I think it's the best on the East Coast, I think it's the best in the country. Hey, Obviously, huh? Nothing. I'm just talking around. Obviously, if you look at percentages last season, uh, Gerard only shot like 31% last season, uh, but he's a lot better of a shooter. He shot nearly 90% from the line. And when I see him shoot a jump shot, I don't know about you guys, maybe it's just like the size and everything, but I see a lot of Jimmer Fredette. Maybe I'm just lying to myself, but I feel like I see that. Uh, <laughs> Makes Alan sense. Grin he broke all of Fredette's records in high school. So They went to the same high school too? Yeah. 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 Wow. All right, maybe, maybe I'm just, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. But uh, Alan Griffin, uh, you know, fourth in box plus minus last year in, on Bart Torvik. Uh, you know, only 18 minutes a game, so take that the grain of salt, I guess. But he was behind Obi Toppin, Killian Tilly, and Xavier Tillman. But Alan Griffin's an elite offensive player. Buddy Beheim probably won't need to take as big of a role this season. And elite three-point shooter Marek Dolajai will obviously probably shoot like seventy percent from deep this year. Yeah, but it'll be seven for ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I would uh, be willing to bet seventy means seven percent. He'll go like uh, one of thirteen. I think the he'll shoot is... better than Tyrese Radford will. Well, I mean, you picking a guy who shot what eight percent last year? He'll shoot at least nine percent. <laughs> Will, will he get into the KC Morsell range? That's the question. I get, he might get 19%, yeah. Can he get to KC Morsell level? If, that, if he can do that, that's a win. That is a win. That's a W. Yep. But, yeah, that, the shooting's not the issue with this team. Uh, I think Gerard can handle the point. Uh, the backcourt, I think, is going to be good. Uh, Quincy Geary, if he can step it forward, be kind of a player that can – maybe play some minutes at the four. That would be interesting. It's And obviously we know what we're getting out of Dolze. It's not going to be three-point shooting. It's going to be him scrapping on the floor, getting like loose balls and uh, 
hustle plays. Getting uh, destroyed by Zion. Yeah. All all the fun stuff. Uh, he's he's like Brad Davidson, except he doesn't try to injure people. Similar yeah. to Grayson now, but like the the hustle is there. The actual basketball skill, not so much. Uh, Barama Sadibe, he's a solid player, uh, but really, I think it just comes down to having this this trio of players be elite scorers. If that's what you can get, maybe the orange can stay off the bubble. Uh, if they're just, if they don't really take a huge step forward, at least speaking, Gerard and Beheim and Alan Griffin is just kind of a role player, which he kind of was just at Illinois last season. Then Syracuse could be right where they always are, right on the bubble. Indeed. Moving on, the next team uh, we're going to talk about is the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, this is a team I'm kind of interested in. Uh, they have the talent on paper. Chris Likes is obviously coming back. Cameron Mcgusty, uh, Isaiah Wong, Harlan Beverly are now taking. Uh, they're going to probably take some, you know, sophomore year jumps. Uh, this is a solid team on paper. Uh, what do you expect out of the Hurricanes? I'll start with you, Michael. I, I actually, I, I'm higher on them than most, and I'm learning that very quickly in this preseason. Um, I have them at six. I have them ahead of Florida State. I have them ahead of Syracuse. Um, Chris Likes is one of my favorite players in the country. Isaiah Wong was one of my favorite freshmen in the country last year. This Earl Timberlake kid is just a beast of a kid at 6'6", going to play the swing, um, really likes to finish at the rim. Uh, Beverly is a kid out of Montverde that didn't really show what he could do last year, I don't think. McGusty on the on the wing is another good player transfer from Oklahoma a couple years ago. Then you get the uh, the Elijah. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Is it Olanai? Is that his last name? Yeah, but um, he needs a waiver. But, well, I, at the at the rate that they're giving the waiver, I think that it should be a foregone conclusion that he receives it. Um, if he doesn't, I'd be surprised. I'll say that. Um, who I believe what he averaged 19 points a game last year. So. Um, I think it's, I want to say Stony Brook, but, um, yeah, Brook. and you know, the, though that amount of talent on the wing for me is enough to really like this team, especially in a pick and roll offense that Larenegg is going to run. Um, you've got Wardenberg off the bench in the front court. I think Nasir Brooks, who was a transfer out of, um, out of Cincinnati kind of shores up that five spot for them. He's kind of a room defender that can that can stay in there and block shots behind all these all these guards that gives them the opportunity to kind of take chances in, in, in shooting the gaps to the passing lanes you know you relegate Rodney Miller to a backup five which I think fits him perfectly um Dengak will probably be injured before the first first half of the season is over and lost for the season so Anthony Walker is going to have to step up and kind of be uh, another big body off the uh, off the bench which I think he's certainly capable of so I love their depth I love their shooting um I love their point guard play um I, I like their bench and I, I think this is the year that Larinaga gets back to the tournament yeah, I agree. I think they could be a tournament team. I'm not as high as you are, but I think this is a good team. Chris Likes really became a good shooter last year, but dealt with injuries off and on. Him and McGusty, it was kind of weird. It was like every game, it seemed like they just appeared like they, it was a like game time decision every single game. Sometimes they would play, sometimes they wouldn't play. But uh, McGusty's a really solid player too. I'd like him to become a little bit of a better shooter. Isaiah Wong is a really good shooter. 
And then Earl Timberlake, he's one of my favorite incoming freshmen. He's just a physical specimen, just 6'6", 220, I believe. Really good athlete, really strong. If he uses his uh, body to his advantage, he's going to be able to get what he wants at the hoop and even shoot some threes here and there. I see Brooks is a guy I'm big on. I think that he'll have a really big season. I think he's significantly better than Sam Wardenberg is. And, you know, I think this team will be a lot better than it was the past two seasons, but I'm not ready to say that they're more than a bubble team at the moment. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I think they'll be better, obviously, than the past two seasons. I think I had them right at eighth when I was doing this, so I kind of fall right in line with the standings. But I think with likes, we know what he's going to do. He's a really solid scorer. He's a good passer. It's just defensively kind of gives – some of that back at least just because he's five seven and he's not an elite defender uh cameron mcgusty we kind of know what he is he's a solid contributor uh he can score can uh, defend but is it really gonna knock your socks off uh, isaiah wong kind of was a good shooter last season uh, if he can kind of continue to develop be more of a scorer for this team uh nizir brooks we know what he's going to do he's going to clog the pain he's going to make uh it hard to score uh and then uh, obviously if olenaji is i think that's how it's pronounced if he gets a waiver that's where i think things change uh and maybe i would start really starting to consider my miami not only like a bubble a bubble but in team maybe just a kind of move them up to the florida state georgia tech tier uh, of teams in the ACC, but this is a really solid team uh, going into the season. Uh, but I still kind of hesitate to put them anywhere more than the bubble conversation. That's fair. I think just from where they've been the last few years, it, it comes with a little bit of hesitation for sure. Moving on uh, a team that I would hesitate with the coach, uh, I do like the talent on paper. Uh, it is Brad Brownell's Clemson Tigers. Uh, we picked them uh, 10th in the – oh, ninth in the ACC. Uh, so they bring back pretty much everyone. Amir Sims is a stud. Uh, John Newman's a really good guard. Uh, Alamir Dawes really took a step forward last season. Uh, Clyde Trapp, this is a solid team, but – once again, it's coached by Brad Brownell, and we know how well you can trust that. Yeah, I think uh, I think Connor Hope, you know, good friend of all three of ours, kind of says it best each year when, you know, when he's doing his ACC predictions, he says, "I pick, you know, I put Clemson where I think they should land, and then I drop them two spots because they're coached by Brad Brownell." So, um, I, I think that kind of holds true. I, I really like Alamir Dawes. I, you know, I think he's kind of underrated. Um, I really like Johnny Newman the third, though. I think um, uh, Tevin Mack moving on is addition by subtraction and that it clears the way for Johnny Newman the third, who I think has the ability to be a high-end ACC player, a uh, kid I really like. I agree that Amir Sims at the five is tremendous, uh, maybe the best small ball five in the conference. And a kid you really need to watch out for this year is an incoming freshman out of South Carolina named P.J. Hall. Um, He's about a 6'8", 6'9", power forward who is going to play 
beautiful uh, side pick and roll with Alamir Dawes. He's a kid that can, you know, kind of step out, hit the three. He can also, you know, p- play with his back to the basket. Uh, a kid you should really watch out for. I think Clemson's probably a bubble team this year. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of big men coming in this year, you can't forget a Lynn Kidd. He's another guy reclassified to this class. He'll probably be a bench roll with P.J. Hall starting. Uh, sorry if you hear my dogs in the background. They are barking currently. But uh, Amir Sims, elite scorer, solid defender, can step out and shoot. What's not to love with him? Alamir Dawes is a guy I'm high on. I think he'll have a very good sophomore season. John Newman is a fantastic athlete. Threw down some of the best dunks you'll ever see last season. And I think he can improve as a shooter this year. And a guy I like to have a breakout season is Hunter Tyson. He's 6'8", I believe. Yeah, 6'8", forward. He's a, kind of a four-man. He shot 32% from deep last year and only 13 minutes a game. But I think he could shoot, you know, in the mid to high 30s, and that'll be pretty big for this team. Yeah, I think Sims, obviously, being a superstar is going to be huge. Uh I think with P.J. Hall, I would project P.J. Hall to kind of come in and they'll kind of play the four and the five together. Uh, you can really rotate those two. Uh, but John Newman, kind of, he was a really solid scorer. Uh, Alamir Dawes, I think I am a huge fan of Alamir Dawes. I think he's going to be kind of the second scorer. Uh, well, Newman, I think, finished averaging a little bit more in points per game. I think Dawes is – ability to kind of run the points and be an impact player is going to be huge. Uh, obviously, uh, getting Clyde Trapp, uh, Hunter Tyson, I think those players will be huge. But I I really think the team comes down to uh, Amir Sims. If he can continue to just be a stud in this league, uh, that's where Clemson's going to be really good. Uh, if not, they're – Tigers aren't going to contend for the NCAA tournament. If he can be a stud, they can. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Definitely agree. Okay. Moving on. NC State, this is a team that I really like Kevin Keats, but the roster is just, in, before we podcasted, me and Michael were kind of discussing the roster is just not there. Uh, I would tend to think like Braxton Beverly is solid but like he's not a stud dj funderberg has been inconsistent devin daniels has been kind of inconsistent thomas allen the transfer from nebraska we don't know what we'll give him we don't really know what we'll give cam hayes i think he can be solid but there's just a lot of question marks with this roster i really like kevin keats as a coach but there's just some major question marks with this team Yeah, I think, you know, it's <laughs> we did talk about this offline, and it's funny because you're sitting here looking at their roster, and you're like, Brevin, uh, Braxton Beverly is very good. I think I think Devin Daniels is really good. He's he's one of my favorite players in the league. I, I really like how he kind of does everything on the court. DJ Funderburg, very good. Jericho Hellams, I think, has upside, though he disappears for long stretches, weeks at a time, it feels like. Uh, Manny Bates possibly the best defensive player in, in the conference. Uh, Darian Seaburn's a six, seven kid who could possibly play the point guard position, uh, took an academic red shirt last year. Cam Hayes, I agree, has potential. Um, even uh, uh, Ebenezer 
Dawuna. I, I, I don't know. I, I just that's a tough that. one to say. That's yeah, a tough one, man. But um, I mean, he's not without talent either. Um, the problem is, is that none of these guys like jump off the page to me the way that uh, a Markel Johnson did last year. And they might all be fine players, but for whatever reason, and, and I agree that, that Kevin Keats is a good coach and I want him to succeed. I think that he is the coach to bring NC State to the level where they, maybe not to where they think they could be because they think they can be Duke of Carolina, but to where, where they should be. But for whatever reason, the system just isn't really taking hold in Raleigh. And I don't know if that's Keats' fault. I don't know if it's the, the culture around around this team or what it is, but I, I want to like this team more than I do. I like the individual parts. Unfortunately, I, I don't think that they're going to be a very good team this year. I ranked them 10th coming into the season, and I, I just I don't have high hopes for these guys as a team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think this is a team that, you know, the roster, they should be a lot better than they uh, actually are this year. You look at Devin Daniels, he's a big guard, 6'5", 220 or something like that, I believe. He's a he's just not that good of a shooter. That's kind of an issue for me. Obviously, Thomas Allen coming in from Nebraska, he is a good shooter. But the biggest piece for me, you mentioned Manny Bates. I love Manny Bates. He's a really good player. Five points a game last year, four boards, but he is an elite defender. I kind of see him, you know, if I were to compare him to a player, it'd be probably Romaro Gill last year from Seton Hall. Even though Gill's four inches taller, I think they're kind of similar. But if you want, I think the upside for Bates, just thinking about Kevin Keats' pass, I guess, Devontae Kaycock is obviously smaller. But at UNC Wilmington, you know, he was everything there. I don't know that Bates can be that, but I think that's the upside you want from him. But, yeah, I mean, Thunderbird's inconsistent at times. Braxton Beverly, I feel like he's gotten kind of worse over time. He's just kind of – not gotten better. There's just a, a lot of questions here for me, and I don't love this team. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I, I think the thing to watch, I would say, would be kind of Cam Hayes, uh, and you mentioned D-Ron Seaborn. If those two players can come in as freshmen and really pick up the system and be contributing players, because if that can happen, I think there's a scenario where NC State can be a tournament team. Like if Cam Hayes can be kind of not the equivalent of Martel Johnson, but maybe kind of like a steadying influence there at the guard spot. That would be obviously huge. Uh, Daniels is solid. Thunder Burke, like, but neither of those players are like players I would say or go-to players. Thomas Allen can shoot, but kind of wasn't great at Nebraska. I wouldn't expect him to be great. It, I think it's going to fall upon Cam Hayes and Duran Seaborn to kind of lift this team ceiling because otherwise I think they're just mediocre, maybe an NIT team. Agreed 100%. I, like I said, I like the individual parts, but as a team, I'm not a fan. 100%. Next team uh, on the list is Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this team either. They have some interesting pieces, I would say. Uh, Cartier Jara coming in from Kansas State, he wasn't really all that great, kind of didn't pan out a ton there. Uh, they had Justin Mutz, who's a really solid transfer. Uh, Cordell Pimsel can kind of help out. Uh, 
Keve Aluma, who was a uh, starter on that Wofford team that nearly beat uh, Kentucky if Fletcher McGee wouldn't have gone like 0-4-22. Uh, they might have actually beat Kentucky that year, uh, but Keve Aluma was good on that team. Uh, and then they've got some returning pieces. Uh, Tyrese Radford uh, is coming back. Naheem Aleem. Uh, and then the key piece, I think, is Jalen Cohn, who's an elite shooter. There's a lot of just interesting pieces. I think they'll be improved from what they were in ACC play, but I still have some question marks when it comes to Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, th- this is a team that <laughs> I want I want to watch Jalen Cohn shoot the basketball. Um, I really like Tyrese Radford, though he can't shoot the basketball worth a damn. Um, Cartier Diara is not a player that interests me at all. Maybe it's just because Kansas State just bores the heck out of me and I, I'm not interested. Um, to me, this team is, I guess, as interesting as Mike Young can make them. I think Jalen Cohn is a tremendous shooter, and I'll watch him shoot the basketball all day long. But, I, I, you know, in recent years, I haven't been able to talk much about Wake Forest basketball because I'm not watching a whole lot of Wake Forest basketball. And uh, this, this may be a similar instance where I may not tune into a ton of Virginia Tech games. Um, I will say that uh, I'm kind of interested in the Bamisil kid um, who, who's coming in as a freshman, 6'5 wing, kind of a four-star, you know, edge type player. But uh, he, he kind of interests me. I, I think next year, if, if Mike Young can work on this front court and get some talent in that front court, then this becomes a very interesting team very quickly with a junior class uh, of Jalen Cohn, Tyrese Radford, Hunter Couture is, or yeah, it's Couture is an interesting kid that nobody really likes to talk about. When you look at some of his metrics, he's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. And uh, you know, they're going to be loaded on the wing. If they can get some front court people in there uh, for the 2021, 2022 season, then uh, you know, I think they're going to make a big jump in the ACC. Yeah, I like this team a lot. I mean, Jalen Cohn is a fantastic player. He reclassified from 2019 or 2020 to 2019. And kind of how you've mentioned in a way before, addition by subtraction with Landers Nolly. I think Nolly's a good player. I just Mike Young was not playing him in the right role. He just was shooting the ball entirely too much. He had the ball in his hands way too much. Shot like 31% from three. You just can't have that. You give that role to Jalen Cohn, and he will shoot 40% from deep. I have no doubt about it. He's just watching him shoot the basketball is a pastime I enjoy doing very much. I could do that often. And then Hunter Couture, I like you said, under the radar. I love Hunter Couture. He's a really good shooter, too, an elite shooter. And then Cartier, uh, Yara, Diara, however you say it, I don't know. Uh, but he's a pretty solid player, actually. I think that he's kind of an under-the-radar transfer in a way. I like him off the bench this year because when you look at kind of what he did behind uh, Bruce Brown, right? Not Barry Brown. Bryce Brown was Auburn one, right? Yeah, Barry Brown. Yeah. Barry Brown, yep. Uh, he shot 36% from deep in 2018, 2019, 2017, 2018, shot 40% from deep. His issue last season was – shooting and turnovers he had a lot of turnovers he just that team was pretty terrible and he was the best player on a terrible team I think that taking a step back with his role this season will be super beneficial to him and then Justin Mutz will be really solid down low good rebounder could get some putbacks he's a two-year grad transfer 
Yeah, and you mentioned Diara. He, he he was actually like pretty serviceable. He just couldn't take the next step. But like his first couple seasons at Kansas State, when he was kind of like asked to be the sixth man behind Barry Brown and uh, Kamau Stokes and that that team, like that's where he was like really good and a really solid contributor. But it was when like last year they're like starting to put the ball in his hands more and saying go make plays well he wasn't able to really make plays and thus he transfers uh we'll see him now at virginia tech uh i think if red radford can take a step forward Aline uh, and cone the i think those players take a step forward and being key contributors are what they really need because if that can happen if you know they can become you know cone can continue to be a lights out shooter if radford uh Aline can be solid scores. Uh, you add in Carrier Jard to probably come off the bench, uh, and then have a kind of not great front court, but Justin Mutz is a really good transfer from Delaware. Uh, I think Kevin Luma is going to be a solid starter. He was good at Wofford. I think he can kind of come in and somewhat protect the paint. I think Virginia Tech, you know, at their ceiling is probably NCAA tournament bubble team, uh, but it's not a team I have a huge amount of faith in. Yeah, I love Mike Young as a coach also. That kind of plays into what I think of them. Obviously, he has the number one uh, shooter all time in makes with uh, college basketball history past J.J. Redick, or was it Travis Bader maybe? Those are one, two, three. But uh, Jalen Cohn fits his system perfectly. I think we should – we're doing a disservice by not mentioning – will be Sabidi as well, who's maybe one of the best defensive guards in the ACC. Um, him at the point guard is going to allow Jalen Cohn to, to play that off-guard position and get all those jump shots. So he, he's a good senior point guard that's going to put Cohn in a good position to get some open looks. Yeah, Beatty does a lot you wouldn't see on the stat sheet. Like, if you're looking at the stat sheet, you kind of look like, you know, what is this guy? But when you watch him play, you see a good passer. You see a really good defender. He does a lot of things you won't see on the stat sheet. Yeah, he's he's the player that when you watch the game, you say, who's that? And then you look at the box score at the end of the game. He's got three points, seven assists, and, his, and a couple steals. But um, actually watching him play to, to see the impact of the game is something you won't pick up on a box score. Yeah, I definitely don't want him shooting the ball at any point. <laughs> no, 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 no. Speaking of people who do a lot without scoring a lot, uh, Stephen Mitchell, oh. your favorite glue guy, oh, yes. uh, Sean. We're talking about Boston College now. Uh, they are uh, 12th out of the 15 ACC teams, uh, according to us, I guess. Uh, he's certainly going to be an impactful player. Boston College has Winston Tabs. They have Jay Heath. Uh, that's a solid guard tandem. Uh, Makai Ashton Langford was quite literally just a garbage disposal at uh, Providence. Providence. Uh, and his brother, Damar Langford, you know, coming in. So we'll see what we get out of those players. But there's some upside here with Boston College. I'm not going to say NCAA tournament team, but they certainly have some talent this year. I'll go for – oh, yeah. yeah, you can go. No, go ahead. I said go ahead, Sean. You're good. Okay, I'll go first on this one since I feel like I'm the high guy on Boston College. Uh, do we agree on that I'm the high one here? Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. Yes. Okay, so Stefan Mitchell, man, you want to tell me some names that get me smiling? 
say uh, Drew Timmy, and that'll get that'll be one of them. And then Stefan Mitchell, he's just such a good player. Like nine points a game, eight rebounds. But he's like you can run an offense through him. He's a good passer. He, he even started. I think he shot thirty percent from deep last year. That's something he didn't do two years ago. If I would take him shooting thirty percent from deep all day. But he's not like athletic, but like he just knows basketball. He's a smart player. He just does so much that I think I had him 12th in the ACC on my rankings or something like that, or maybe his eighth or something like that. I don't know. I did it like two months ago, but he was up there for sure. And then Jay Heath shot 36% from deep last season as a freshman. He's a really good player. Winston Tabs needs to be able to stay healthy. He missed all of last season, but if he's healthy, I think he's a really good player. Rich Kelly is a transfer from Quinnipiac who shot – uh, nearly 40% from deep last year. I like him a lot as a player. And then one of the bigger questions for me is Andre Adams, the transfer from Southern Utah. I don't. He had a season-ending injury a couple of weeks ago. So he's, his season's done before it even got started. But it didn't look like they were going to apply for a waiver for uh, James Karnick, a transfer from Lehigh. But it appears now they will likely apply for one. And I'm assuming he gets it. We'll see, I guess, like you said. Uh, earlier, Michael, the transfer waiver has been pretty flying out there uh, for the most part. But I think that with the transfers they added, along with the guys they return, Jim Christian is like hanging on to his job for dear life. Like he's falling off. His job is in serious danger. But I think that this season they'll win a fair amount of games. I guess we don't know how many games there will be. But I think Boston College is a double team. But I think they could make the tournament pretty easily. I just want to do a callback real quick. I don't think Mackay Ashton-Langford was the garbage disposal last year. I think that Providence College was the garbage disposal, and Mackay Ashton-Langford was maybe the garbage because the season that he had as a freshman at Providence was so disappointing that I, I can't even really put it into words. Like, this is a top – I think he was a top 50, 60 kid when he came out, and mm -hmm. he's just – the way that he flopped was was unreal. Now, that said, he's a top 50, 60 kid for a reason. So at, at some point, he showed some flashes of talent. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's a good size guard at 6'3". Um, I, I don't know if I've ever seen his shooting prowess, but the kid's a four-star guard for a reason. Um, and Jim Christian is widely appreciated for being able to develop his guards. Um, he's done it with – we don't even need to go down the line. Cole, Kai Bowman was a three-star guy and became one of the best players in the ACC. Jay Heath was a kid that we joked about, like, huh, maybe he's another Kai Bowman. And he turns out to have a fantastic freshman season. So, Ashton Langford's been in town for a while now. Um, he's been able to, to practice with this team. He's been under Christian. I'm really interested to see if he's able to kind of bring out – um, that talent that scouts maybe saw when he was kind of a prep player. Uh, as far as Stefan Mitchell goes, I, I can't disagree with anything that Sean said. He's one of my favorite players in the ACC. He, he was in my top 10 returning players list. He's on my, my, my ACC, you know, either second team, I believe. Um, and a, a guy that we haven't mentioned yet that I actually really like is, is CJ Felder, who's kind of an undersized forward plays with a lot of emotion, plays with a lot of toughness. He's going to rebound the basketball. He's going to protect the rim a little bit. Not a great scorer, but I think he's going to provide that front court with, with a little bit of character, a little bit of grit, uh, a little bit of power. 
And uh, I think he should take a step forward in his sophomore season. And then I like DeMar Langford Jr. as well, who is like, uh, like Sean's, uh, JD said, uh, Ashton Langford's brother. So another top 100 kid that he pulls out of the Mid-Atlantic as far as Jim Christian goes in his recruiting uh, when it comes to wing players. So I, I don't love this team, um, but I think they're going to be kind of a team like they were last year um, and surprise some people and kind of hang out middle of the pack for a while in the ACC before kind of fading late. Um, it, it really comes down to is Winston Tabb still the same player that he was through four months a year and a half ago? Um, you know, has troubles with his knees the entire time. This kid's really, really talented. Um, he's another kid that Christian developed out of nowhere. And if he's able to come back, these guys are going to jump up and surprise some people for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. I I just think that the thing is, like, it's so hard to trust Boston College, which is where I would maybe have some concern. Like, if you told me this was NC State's roster, even, I would be much higher – I would probably take this roster over NC State's roster. Uh, I like Kevin Keats a little bit better as a coach, but like Boston College has a, I think a legitimately good team uh, with Winston Tabs, Jay Heath, uh, Stephen Mitchell. Obviously, we know assuming Tabs can stay healthy, we know that's a really good front th- or first three. Rich Kelly can provide some scoring. Uh, you mentioned Mackay Ashton Langford uh, was garbage at Providence. Maybe he can, you know, be the garbage disposal and somehow spit out, you know, mediocrity, which would be an improvement out of him. He uh, shot 12% from deep his freshman season. <laughs> like, Casey Morcel is just looking down at that, and he's like, man, I shot better than that. Well, it, that can't be that, – that'll probably be what Mar- Merrick Dolas that Jay shoots uh, now that he's shooting threes. So, uh, DeMar Langford is obviously a stud. I think, you know, Justin Vanderbeen, the freshman, uh, he's seven feet tall. So, you know, he can't teach size. Maybe he can come in, maybe play some minutes at the five, move Mitchell down at times to playing the four, uh, which would be, I think, beneficial. Uh, Frederick Scott, C. Jeff Elder are good players. I like the roster, at least when it comes to Boston College. I just it's hard to trust a Jim Christian coach team. That's kind of my stance on that. Yeah, and one last point for me, Fred Scott, I forgot to mention him, so uh, thank you for bringing him up. A transfer from Ryder, started his career playing one game for DePaul. Uh, he shot 40% from deep last season on 100 attempts, and he's a 6'8", 4-man. Uh, That's going to be pretty good. Him alongside last year for Ryder, him alongside Stevie Jordan, who was a really good guard for Ryder for four years, you know, he has experience playing with good guards, and that's what he has now. Certainly uh, a team that I think should have good guards. Uh, the number 13 team in our rankings is Pittsburgh. Uh, Xavier Johnson was a, you know, looked to be a future stud. Uh, kind of didn't pan out last season. They do add, or they added Justin Champagne. He was really good as a freshman. Uh, he looks to be a really good contributor Adese Tony's going to be solid. Uh, Nike said Bandy, uh, the transfer from Miami, Ohio. His waiver got denied. It did? Yeah, really? last week. Okay, well, I need to update my rotations. But so that, 
that changes a little bit what I think about Pittsburgh. I might throw them now behind uh, Notre Dame maybe, but at least for this team, uh, I think Xavier Johnson needs a bounce back season uh, to really just avoid the basement of the league. Uh, Justin Champagne's going to be good in Adese Tone, but without Nike Sedan Bandy, who I just found out his waiver was denied, I'm hesitant to say this Pittsburgh team will be all that good. Yeah, I uh, not a whole lot to say. Xavier Johnson regressed after a good freshman season. I'm not a Naughty East Tony fan. Terrell Brown is soft and showed that multiple times. You know, he's got a reputation of being a great defender, but it's more help side defense than it is block defense where – He's just a lot of people made him look not good last year. Uh, Justin Champagny is probably the best player in the conference that nobody really ever talks about. I think he's a top five player in the conference personally. I think he's going to have a big breakout season, but Pittsburgh is ultimately going to suck. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh's not great. I mean, I think Jeff Capel's a good coach. This team's not good. Uh, Xavier Johnson, like last season, like, when you come home as a kid and you're in like first grade and you get in trouble in class and your parents are like, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. That's kind of <laughs> how I felt after seeing Xavier Johnson last season. Like he was not good at all at any facet of the game. He was just bad. And then these Tony's actually a guy I like a lot. He a uh, really efficient guy, not much of a shooter, but he's a bigger guard slash wing who can score inside, which is something I like. Champagne's going to be a really good player one day. But one of the bigger losses to me is Ryan Murphy. He uh, transferred to Tulane, and then he just said, uh, I'm going pro, I guess. I don't really know who uh, is going to sign him to play pro basketball, maybe uh, somewhere overseas in a country that nobody knows much about because he's just a shooter who was okay for Pitt last season. But he's a really good shooter, and that's something that this team's going to miss a lot. Didn't he transfer – to a, uh, he's, I thought he, I thought he transferred to a school. He transferred to Tulane and then decided to right. go pro. Okay, okay, I missed yeah. that last part. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't have much more to add there. Uh, this team's gonna stink, but let's go, <laughs> let's go to another team that's gonna stink: the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, Prentice Hub is solid, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick. Lyshevsky or Lazuski, however you say it, he's an uh, interesting piece. Now, I guess the center, uh, now that J- John oh, Mooney's God. gone. So, Please, no. <laughs> you, you have so- someone's got to play the center spot. Juwan Durham, probably. Yeah, can't be Lyshevsky. He's like, man, he'll get bullied big time at the five. This, this team's just, it's not good. No. Uh, Prentice Hub, I think, can be a maybe an all-ACC player, but that'll be more out of the fact that he's going to be the only guy you can actually rely on to score points. It'll kind of be that reason why he would be an all-ACC player. Uh, there's just nothing to like here with Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I think Prentice Hub could – you know, I had Tom Noy on the podcast a while back. I think Prentice Hub could lead the ACC in scoring this year. Um, and, you know, Tom and I both agree that that would be maybe the worst thing for Notre Dame this season. Um, I really like Dane Goodwin. I always have. I catch a lot of grief for it, but he's not a guy that's going to go out there and create his own shot. Um, Lashevsky, 
again, another guy with a big reputation as a big time shooter that the numbers just aren't there. And we kind of talked about it off the air that, I mean, it's pretty when it leaves his hands. It just, it, uh, doesn't go in. yeah, it just doesn't go in the basket. I mean, it, it, I mean, that's the whole point. And it, we're kind of missing the point, I guess. Um, Juwan Durham is an all league defender, but he's not going to give you a ton on the offensive end. Um, I just, you know, uh, Notre Dame fans and even, even people in the media that cover Notre Dame are going to tell you that the transfer from Stanford Cormac Ryan is going to be the savior for this team. And it, I, I just don't see it. I, like, I mean, you can be a great practice player, but ineffective in, in the game, which we're clearly seeing, I think with Lashevsky, who, again, they say drills triples in practice all day long, but just doesn't um, equate to, to game time play. Um, I, I don't expect a ton out of Ryan out of side of, you know, uh, some good shooting and, and to be a good assist guy. I didn't see a ton of him while he was at Stanford, but you know, this team is Prentice hub and then a lot of mediocre parts in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I agree in a sense. Cormac Ryan's a guy I do like, he just, that Stanford team a couple seasons ago, besides Casey Paula, that was just, I mean, Oscar De Silva hadn't taken the next step yet. Uh, uh, Bryce Wills and uh, Dejon Davis kind of took a step back. Cormac Ryan also dealt with some injuries off and on. He just didn't catch that consistency. But he was a top 60 guy, I think, out of uh, high school when he went to Stanford, then decided to transfer. I think he's a guy who was sitting a year actually could benefit him big time, just getting healthy and getting, you know, a feel of the game more. I think he could – I don't think he'll be a star by any means, but I think he could shoot in the high 30s from deep this year. And Goodwin, Goodwin's a guy I like a lot, but like you said, he's not going to be a star. Lashevsky is in the uh, Jalen Coleman lands and uh, Jonah Antonio family of players, of guys who have really pretty jump shots, but th they execute it well. It just doesn't go through the hoop very often, uh, which is a problem most times. And this, uh, the depth of this team is bad. The big men on this team besides Durham is bad. This is just a bad team. Yeah, I'm not going to add too much more here. Uh, I do like Prentice Hub. I don't really like this roster. Uh, one other roster that I don't really like either is Wake Forest. I, me and Michael both had them 15 on the uh, final rankings. Sean, I think you had them 13th, right? Uh, 14th, I think. Okay, 14th. So point being – Wake Forest is also going to suck. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah Mucius, he's returning. He's going to be a solid player. I do like Jacoby Neath, Ian DeBose. Uh, that's, you know, those are solid players, but they're just not like, unless Mucius takes a huge step forward, this is really just a team of like thrown together scrap pieces. And I, I do like the Steve Forbes hire. I think. Forbes will have them competing for the NCAA tournament sooner rather than later, but this roster is just not very good. Yeah, I like I like Neath as well. I like Davian Williamson as a transfer from East Tennessee State as well. Um, you know, I, I like Musius though he's not a, a really good three point shooter though he desperately wants to be. Um, the the Debose kid, his numbers can be a little bit. Um, deceptive I guess would be the word because he played on a Houston Baptist team that 
basically run gun had the the highest tempo in the country, but also gave up the most points in the country and they weren't very good. I think he scored 17 a game, something like that. Um, you know, that's a huge jump from Houston Baptist to the ACC. That's that's a bigger jump than Bubba Parham made from VMI to the ACC. And we all saw, you know, Bubba Parham is a prolific scorer in his own right from his prep days and, and still couldn't get it done at the ACC level. So DeBose, I, his numbers look great as far as an incoming transfer, whether or not that actually um, attributes or that, that's the wrong word. Um, happens I guess at the ACC level is something I'm not real optimistic about uh one guy that I will point out that I do like is uh Ismail Masood who's about a 6869 power forward he's a little bit skinny but he can step out and shoot the three with with great accuracy so if, if you are you know forced to watch Wake Forest play he's a guy to keep your eye on yeah I love that you mentioned Masood I am huge on Ismail Masood last season didn't play a ton but he was you know I think he's a three-star guy but he had a lot of offers from big name schools like Florida State like Arizona State believe Pittsburgh also he entered the transfer portal but decided to come back which you know I like the move a lot for him to return to see what was out there and then return that's big for them obviously losing Olivier Saar and Sean D. Brown Brandon Childress all of those are going to hurt a bit uh, especially Saar in my opinion and Childress but Masood's going to have a very big season, in my opinion. I love Davian Williamson. Very efficient score. He's really quick to the hoop. He's like a bigger version of Chris Likes, who's a better, also a better defender. He's going to be very big for this team. He is a Winston-Salem native and decided to follow his coach at ETSU with Steve Forbes to Wake Forest. Uh, Isaiah Musius is a guy I like. He just had, He's another like Jordan Usher guy where I like the tools, but he just hasn't put it together yet. And I think this – and DuBose, you know, you mentioned him. That team sucked at Houston Baptist, but he had he was good. But Jonah Antonio and the Nate Lashevsky and uh, Jalen Coleman-Lands family of players, of guys who have good jumpers, but they don't go down very often. I like Wake Forest to, you know, be better in the future, but this season probably not. Yeah, I, I think when – Steve Forbes took this job, and I think Wake Forest kind of knew this. The roster just wasn't there. Uh, the second they lost Olivier Sauer, they knew this was going to be a rough season. They kind of threw together some good pieces. Jacoby Neath, uh, one of them, Isaiah Mucius returning is obviously big for them. But at the end of the day, this is just – it's not a good rotation. Uh, they'll kind of look to kind of – I hope they kind of play – Younger players like Ismail Masood, uh, Odi Uguama, uh, I think that's how you say it. Kind of those type of players that are going to be there have in the future, get some experience for those players. But at the end of the day, uh, Wake Forest, I just don't see being very good. Uh, so now moving on, it's time for the award predictions. Uh, we will go through player, coach, defensive player, freshman and newcomer of the year uh i'll start with my player of the year david johnson uh, i think he has a huge breakout season the acc has a lot of really good players but i think he's the superstar of this league he's going to become a really good passer i think he's going to score it a lot he's going to you know be able to lead a louisville team i have them fishing second in the ACC. So I really like David Johnson. I really like Louisville. So 
he's my pick for ACC preseason player of the year. I will go ahead and go with, I guess, the I, I the sure thing, I guess. Not a sure thing, but maybe the most popular pick. Um, Garrison Brooks in North Carolina for me. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. I know a lot of people are going to pick Jay Huff based on kind of potential, but the numbers that Brooks put up last year, if, if they're not coming to mind immediately, then you need to go back and look them up. Games that he played with Cole Anthony, um, games that he played without Cole Anthony, and he got better. Um, Anthony returned. He kind of lulled out and then played even better than he did before. So I, I think Brooks is just going to be an absolute force this year for UNC, and I think he's the easy pick for this, for this award. Yeah, for me, it's Jay Huff, and a pretty easy decision for me there. Uh, best player on the best team. I think that oftentimes we'll get you in the running pretty often. He, again, there, there's nothing that I haven't said yet about Jay Huff that needs to be said. Elite defender, great shooter for a seven-foot-one guy. Get him the ball and let him eat. Moving on, coach of the year, I have Chris Mack. Uh, I'm projecting Louisville to finish second in the league. Uh after losing a lot of pieces, I think that is going to warrant him being coach of the year in the ACC. It's kind of, I like the Louisville roster to just take a huge step forward. And with that, I also kind of got to project Chris Mack to win coach of the year just because of that. But I think another candidate would be Josh Pastner. Uh, for me, it's Tony Bennett, the best coach on the best team that's going to win the league by three or more games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tony Bennett, like Michael said, best uh, coach, I think, in the country. That's going to be argued. But I think he's the best coach in the country, best coach on the best team in this conference at the very least. That's my pick. Jay Wright would like a ward. Uh, give, give Tony Bennett a couple more years, and he'll match the two championships Jay Wright has. Okay, now defensive player of the year. Sean touched on it earlier. I have Jay Huff. I think this probably will be pretty close to consensus. Uh, he's an elite shot blocker, had triple-double against Duke, made the game-winning block against uh, Vernon Carey, who was pretty good last year, uh, despite Duke sometimes losing games they're not supposed to. Vernon Carey was pretty good uh, as a player, but Jay Huff is just an elite defender. I think he wins Defensive Player of the Year. For me, I'm going to go a little bit against the grain um, because we've got to keep it interesting. Um, I agree that Jay Huff is elite, by the way, but I think when it comes down to it, and I'm going to make a bold prediction with this, I think Manny Bates is going to break Cedric Lewis's record of 143 blocks in a season, and he's going to be the runaway favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. That That's painful for me, Michael, because I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I don't think that they're going to give Jay Huff both awards. That's kind of part of this. I don't think they're going to give him the defensive player of the year in the conference, and I don't think that uh, he'll also get player of the year. So I, too, will say Manny Bates. I just – there's so much to like there. He's just an elite defensive player. I love everything he does on that side of the ball. Let him play more minutes than he did last season. He will be a force. Moving on, uh, freshman of the year. I think it's a two-person race. I went with Jalen Johnson uh, out of Duke. I think he's going to step in, be a really good piece on a Duke team that I think is going to continue. They might not be as good as other Duke teams of the past, but they'll be certainly – 
pretty good this season. I think he's going to have a huge impact. So I'm going with Jalen Johnson. I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes, and I think it's gonna. It has a chance to be unanimous. Um, if he pl- if he plays on the ball like I think he's going to, then I think he'll run away with the award. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Scotty Barnes, fantastic player. He's going to be the best player on that team. I don't think Florida State's going to be as good as they have been in the past. Uh, past couple seasons, obviously, but Scotty Barnes could average 20 a game this year. Okay, newcomer of the year. Uh, I think this is pretty much a runaway favorite. Sam Hauser, the Virginia transfer, touched on it earlier. He's going to come in. I think he could lead Virginia in scoring. I don't think he'll be the best player on Virginia, but I think he'll lead the Cavaliers in scoring at least this season. Uh, so give me Sam Hauser. Yeah, not close. Sam Hauser. Yeah, Sam Hauser for sure. Is there anyone else that's even close to Sam Hauser? Um, I mean, Carly Jones would have to play out of his mind, yeah, I think. Carly yeah. Jones in the conversation. I mean, has to do a top three, I guess. Yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, it's kind of hard. But I guess you could go Sam Hauser, Carly Jones, and then, like, Rich Kelly maybe. Am I yeah. missing someone? Uh, not that I can think of, really. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think so, yeah. Maybe Nazir Brooks or something. Oh, true. Yeah, he could be third, yeah. Yeah, if he blocks a bunch of shots. Yeah. He'd have to block a whole lot of them. Maybe. Maybe Maybe Alan Griffin. Yeah, Alan Griffin. Oh, Alan Griffin, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Alan Griffin I like a lot. I'd put him up there for sure. Yeah, I I still think it's runaway favorite Sam Hauser, though. Yeah. Well – Michael, uh, thanks for coming in uh, as a guest. Uh, it's been a fat minute since we've had you on as a guest, so good of yeah, you to bit. join. I uh, I appreciate you guys having me. I'll give I'll give one more pick just just for the fun of it, just because I have it sitting in front of me. Um, sixth man of the year in the ACC. I like Harlan Beverly of Miami, Florida. I think that kid has a big breakout year off the bench and provides them a good scoring punch. Oh, now now we need to yeah. make six man of the year. I'll I'll go. I'll uh, have mine real fast, I guess. I'll go with. Hold on, let me think here. Let me make sure this is what I want to do. <laughs> um, I have two kind of, but I'll say both anyways. I'll say Rich Kelly from Boston College, and then I'll say Bubba Parham from Georgia Tech. There you go. I like Bubba Parham. I, I'm a short guy. Short guys who succeed just. That's true. Hey, if, if if we called him Donald Parham instead of Bubba Parham, would you like him as much? Is that his first name? Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> his name Change is Donald sense. Parham? Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'd go by Bubba, too. Yeah, me too, for sure. <laughs> okay, real quick. Uh, I don't think – North Carolina will start Garrison Brooks at the three, which means uh, probably Dayron Sharp will pull it, come off the bench. So I'll go with him as sixth man of the year. Solid. Solid. Okay, yeah. Michael, where can the people find you? Uh, uh, ACC Basketball Report podcast currently on a, a bit of a hiatus for the month of October. Um, the day job is really getting in the way, um, but we will be back month of November where we'll do our own previews, look aheads, and hopefully line up a solid guest for everybody. Uh, ACCBasketballReport.com for any news and notes. And uh, and on Twitter at ACCBR1. It's uh, it's a little bit thin lately because I've kind of tried to stay off the social media, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, when uh, when college basketball gets fired back up, you can bet that I will uh, I will be back at it again this year. Yeah, definitely. Make sure to check out the ACC Basketball Report podcast. Uh, Sean was on there earlier this summer. Uh, I think you just had Rob Doster. I think that was the last podcast you had. So yeah, we had Doster on, and uh, actually, uh, AC, ACC Sports founder David Glenn was yeah. was uh, I believe our most recent episode. Yeah, the the Doster one I I remember because he was all, he also had David Johnson as a All American. So yeah, I think I he approved. might even had Player of the Year he, so, in the country. He's, he's a first team All American for sure, according Jeez. to Doster. So yeah, I like there we go. David Johnson, but oh man. Hey, go big or go home, man. Drew Timmy is obviously the national player of the year. Here we go. This, this, isn't a, this is an ACC podcast. No, yeah, no, if no we're WCC talking national players. player of the year, it's Drew Timmy easily, obviously. Gentleman's bet he doesn't make first team All-American. You told, didn't you tell me like a I month ago he wouldn't be WCC player of the year? I don't know, probably. I like, to just, just, I like to just say random stuff that makes you inflammatory. Yeah, one more thing here. Uh, so, Mr. Hunter here, like the oh. guy, respect him a lot, a lot of mutual respect, I feel like. He said maybe a month and a half ago, Isaiah Wong is better than David Johnson. That's not what I said. That is what you said. Somebody, been... accu- somebody accused me of having Isaiah Wong ranked ahead of David Johnson, which is not true. That that was the conversation. I If you go back and look at the ACCBR returning players' rankings – Isaiah Wong is like 23, David Johnson's 21. Somebody got that ranking mixed up, and I you – guys, you guys think that just because I'm not on my knees in front of the kid that I don't like him. Like, that's not the case at all. It, it, I do remember, though, this conversation did happen. Michael could have been intoxicated. We, we don't know about I, that. that, that, that's that, was probably, that. I, it was in the Rock and 25 chat, though. Yeah. I cannot be held responsible for anything that I say on Twitter, and that's why I've deleted it off my phone. But yes, that, that is an entirely possible scenario in which that conversation occurred. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sean, before you leave to go watch the Yankees, uh, where can it's, people follow it, you? It's already not starting great. The Indians are up 3-0, and my soul's hurting deeply. Uh, hopefully the Yankees can string together some runs here. But before Yankees I go suck. in, can you say the Yankees suck? Yeah, man. Go oh, Sox. Okay. Go Sox. You're a Red Sox fan? That's painful. Uh, I'm from Northern Maine. I don't have a choice. Yikes. Um, you can follow me, Sean02MTM, on Twitter. I'm like eight away from 300, so pretty fantastic if you decide to follow me. Subscribe to the Making the Madness YouTube channel. Uh, pretty much every day now we're going to be doing a team preview jonathan and myself so stay tuned to those richmond will be coming out tomorrow uh but stay tuned final to four. that richmond's making the final four this is an acc podcast no distracting from that uh <laughs> make sure to subscribe to making the madness podcast make t- sure to subscribe to making the madness on youtube uh but for now uh that will do it for this podcast thanks guys